Hi guys, welcome to my podcast, Everyday Dialogue with Fabian Morgan. Um, on this podcast, we're going to be talking about loads of different stuff, just everyday conversations we have with friends, with family, um, some of our thoughts, whether it's about relationships, love, money, career, regrets, decisions, good decisions, bad decisions, you name it, we'll talk about it. On this podcast, I'll be talking about some of our personal experiences, my perception and my perspective on many different things. And also I'll be having some guest speakers come on as well to speak with me. Some of them will be friends. Some of them will be people I've admired and they'll be talking about their everyday experience. So this podcast is for us everyday people that's out there living our life and just trying to survive each and every day. So welcome. Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast. Um, Today's episode, I will be talking about intimacy. Now I've invited an extra special guest to join me. So Felicia, welcome to my podcast. Hi there, lovey. Nice to see you. Great catching up with you again. Um, I just kind of want to give the audience a bit of background of how I met you. So how I met Felicia, her husband is actually um, a really good friend of mine and we work together. And I remember um, when him and her first started dating and he used to come to work and tell me about her and how she was amazing. And then I kind of got to know her through him. So everything yeah. I knew about her was his perspective. And obviously he would tell her her about me. So when we first met, it was almost like we already knew each other. <laughs> um, but what really stood out to me when I first met her, because we had like a double date, at my house, we had dinner together, was we started talking about loads of different stuff and the conversation just kind of went on to intimacy. And I remember you talking about how um, powerful and important it is for you to have that connection with your partner and that level of intimacy with them. And it really moved me. So when I decided to do this topic, I'm like, who else do do I speak (laughs) to about this? intimacy exactly (laughs) and you came to my mind so welcome Ah, and thank you you for being here it's my pleasure my absolute pleasure awesome awesome so what do you so I mean I think the first thing that surprised me was one you're a Nigerian woman talking about intimacy and why I'm saying that is to say this um I know in the Caribbean and in the African culture affection isn't really a huge thing for us because I mean even me I struggle to be super affectionate so when where in your life did you understand or what what happened that made you think do you know what I really need intimacy and that's something that was really important to me so what made you when when did you feel that way um you know I grew up without seeing my parents barely you know kissing or you don't see stuff like this in an African household. You just don't. And um, even now with dating or, you know, soon to be married, it's still slightly, you know, holding hands and stuff like that. You know, you get this thing of people looking at you thinking, can't you just wait till you get home? Or can't you just, you know, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. So it's still slightly you know, people are watching, let's not, you know, let's not kiss, you know, people are around him. Mm. But at this point, I'm I'm slowly getting over it. And I love it. I love, you know, to be touched and, mm. you know, I'm learning to be touchy. I'm very touchy with Emmanuel now, even though he's still slightly people are watching, but, you know, we'll get there, we'll get there. It's, but, it's an African thing. Yeah. Do you know, I don't even think it's an African, I think it's a black it's thing. A black thing. Yeah, because let's be real. I mean, back in the day, if I'm at a bus stop and I see two white people snogging, because the Europeans are overly yeah. affectionate. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, yeah, like they yeah. snog at the bus stop, they kiss yeah. and all that stuff. So they don't care. And I yeah. used to look at them thinking, why don't these people get a room? Why don't they get a room? I used to think that. Do you guys need in the same house or you know for me yeah I always just think why don't you just wait or why don't you just but yeah 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 and it's interesting that that you say that and it, and now especially now that you're being affectionate you can now see the black stairs <laughs> yeah 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 you can see everyone looking at you and you kind of have to remind yourself okay we'll wait till we get home but it's I don't know slowly slowly I think it's something we're gonna get used to Mm-hmm. But now it's still slightly, even though, like the last time Manuel and I went to a family member's house and I could remember we were kissing and the aunt goes, you two, come 
on, you know, and I felt oh, wow. like, a, like a child. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's it's actually crazy. I mean, for me, I'm I, I'm not the most affectionate person. I can definitely admit that, and I think. Prior to me dating Steve, I've always dated Jamaican men. And I think I've said this to you. Jamaican men, we're not really affectionate. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Affection only happens in the bedroom. That's Jamaican people in in, in general. So I'm not really used to the touchy-feely, kissy-kissy. That's not something we do. So when I first met Steve, he's someone that's super affectionate. He likes the physical contact. And Mm -hmm. at first I thought to myself, is this going to be an issue for me? Is this going to be, am I going to struggle? And it's weird that I don't like, I actually yeah. enjoy when we're watching movies, giving him a back rub or rub his head yeah, or yeah, stroke yeah. his hand. We hold hands all the time, even yeah. when we're at the cinema. So it's, I think it's just stepping out your comfort zone. And I think it's yes. breaking that, um, it's that battle between culture and what you know is, is it feels right for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's definitely that struggle. It's important. You said what you know feels right. Cause, um, don't forget I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. And um, even though I didn't grow up in a house where, you know, my mom was very kissy and huggy and, you know, I do that with my daughter subconsciously, funny enough. I would kiss her and kiss her and kiss her and hug her and we would hold hands. So I don't know. I think I can see myself changing, mm. you know. So, yeah, because don't forget, this is something I wasn't used to and I'm now doing it even though I wasn't used to it. So it's it's a weird one, but yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. And I feel like I'm learning through her. Yeah. Know? So, yeah. So yeah. before you before you met Emmanuel and when you were like out there in the world dating and things like that, what did you make that clear with your partners that that was something you you knew you needed in the beginning? So, you know, like in terms of you need that level of intimacy because they are some people unfortunately that they have a wall up and no matter how much we try and say look we need this level of intimacy some people are just adamant that they that's just not who they are yeah. and that that's not yeah. what they're prepared to, to to be or offer was that something you you made clear very early on um to be honest i didn't know i was missing mm. i was missing anything i didn't know it wasn't a thing that was compulsory in a relationship for me. We didn't need the public display of affection for me to know how much you love me. I didn't think that was necessary, you know? So I, it was something I didn't think about. So for me, even before Emmanuel, I was in a relationship for 13 years with my daughter's dad. Mm. And we would go out, we would go out for meals, for this, for that. But we never hold hands in public. We just didn't, you know. I'm Nigerian, he's Nigerian. It wasn't a thing. But in the bedroom now, it was a different case. But in public, it was a case of, okay, we'll be proper. We won't, you know. So it's weird. (laughs) It's so weird how it was never a requirement for me. It's yeah. that whole, it's that whole prim and proper, isn't it? It's that whole yeah. oh, you need to be prim and proper in public. Or yeah. I think there's, I think subconsciously, many of us might not admit it, but I think there's a little bit of shame there for a lot of us as well, in terms of why we feel kind of awkward. I'm um, generally wanting to be affectionate in public because I remember in my previous, I had an argument with one of my exes because he tried to hold my hand in public I lost Mm -hmm. it completely and now that I look back at it I think it's so bad that I was so irrational but it was let me actually make you laugh okay my mother is 75 and my dad passed away nearly 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and I remember two years ago I said to him mom listen you need to start dating blah 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 so he said all right so I set her up with a neighbor of hers He's around in his early 80s. She's in her Mm mid-70s. So I said, Mum, listen, she said, Felicia, I can't do this. I said, listen, just someone to go out for walks and just just to keep you company. She said, all right, fine, I'll do it. So they went out a few times. She enjoyed it. And she said to me, Felicia, I can't do this no more. I said, why? She said, you tried holding my hands in public and people were staring so (laughs) so every time this man would come and press her bill, she would say, don't let him know I'm here. Don't go to the door. Don't open my door. <laughs> <laughs> Something as little as him just trying to hold her hand. So can you see how deep this goes? 
Yeah, and it's crazy. And you know what's interesting? I actually grew up seeing my mom and dad being affectionate. My my mom married my stepdad because my biological dad came um wasn't around after I was like seven. I knew him, but my mom met my stepdad when I was like six and married him when I was seven. So my stepdad raised me. But they were very affectionate, and I think what I oh. learned which is very interesting considering they're both Jamaicans. But yeah, what yeah. I learned in that in that marriage, based on my observation, they were very equal. You know, yeah. like in some relationships you get um the woman role is this and then the man role is that. I never saw that. Like for example, one thing they used to do every Sunday. So this Sunday would be my mom's turn to clean the house, look after my dad. My dad would chill. She would cook dinner. She would bring him his, his dinner and she would look after him. Then the following Sunday, it's my dad's turn to do it to my mom because my dad was also a really good cook. So my mom would chill. He would make yeah. my mom dinner. He would look after her. He would clean the house. So it was like, it was like, it was like neutral in terms of they took turns. It wasn't like, you're the woman, you have to be in the kitchen and you're the man, you have to be there. It was, it was really good seeing it. I used to see my parents kiss all the time. Oh, I wow. used to see them. My dad opened the doors for her. See, I, you don't get this in a typical black house. You, you don't. You don't. I, you usually don't. And I really, you really don't. did see that. He was very, he was, and if he would actually say to my mom, hold my hand. Like he would take oh, my mom's, yeah. Okay. See, my parents were slightly different. You see, my, don't forget our very old parents. Yeah. You know, my parents are quite old. They had me at a very old age, you know. But then it was almost like everyone understood their role. That's mm. why I saw growing up. Yes. Even though my mum's a rebel <laughs> in in Nigerian, you know, standards, she was a rebel because she was still working. But then, I don't know, everyone understood their role. She knew where her role was. He knew what his role was. He was a mm -hmm. provider. He was a protector. She knew to cater to him. And so everyone had a role. Yes. It wasn't talked about by everyone out of role. Mm. I don't know if that means. So yeah, that's why I saw growing up, you know, there was respect there, but everyone just understood their role. So I didn't see any kissy, touchy, yodi lands, no. I didn't see any of that, you know. To the point now we I even tease my mum saying, Did you guys even used to kiss? Or did you guys even used to and she would say, Listen, there's five of you. How do you think you guys got here? <laughs> I would say, we didn't see anything growing up. So yeah, it's it was just Oh, your parents, that's quite unusual. You don't get that. Yeah, that, you don't really get that a lot. Yeah, and But what's interesting is despite growing up seeing that, I still wasn't affectionate. Affection was it, very awkward for me. It goes deeper than what you saw. It's I think it's a deeper issue with us black people. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the question now is, where did it start from? I I think historically it comes from slavery because I think... Remember, like, if you trace back to us being slaves, a lot of um, women would have kids and then their kids would be taken away from them and be sold to, to yeah. a slave master. So I think we've kind of mentally conditioned ourselves to not emotionally attach ourselves to other human beings just so we could survive, so we can be strong. That I think that also has a part to play in it. And then when the whole um, racism thing happened, like in America where black men were criminalised and constantly thrown in prisons, black women had to be seen as strong to keep the family going so I think we're constantly the word strong is used not just in an empowering way but also it could be quite toxic because we I of think course. as black people we feel we always need to be strong of course yeah yeah you can handle it don't worry we yeah you can handle it it's it's people have gone through worse it's fine yeah 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 and it yeah, trickles right. into us la lack of intimacy i think cuz my grandmother was never wasn't affectionate i even remember i used to say to my grandma I love you she said yeah you too she would never say i love I you love too you too yes my best friend said to me you know what felicia you know my mother is never said to me i love you even though i would always say it to her she would never say back to me and i thought wow yeah yeah one of my cousins I said, said the same to her, thing why don't you ask your mum one day and she actually did she said they should guess what she said to me my mum never said it to me so i didn't see why you needed to hear it as far as i'm concerned i put a roof over your head when you were young I made sure you ate three times a day. So why do I need to tell you that for you to know I love you? And I thought, wow. 
this is cold. It is. And it's interesting because one of my cousins actually said the same thing to me yesterday. She said that her mum has never told her she loved her. How she mm-hmm. knew her mum loved her was because she paid she paid for her food, she school, roof, whatever. But one thing I've learned, um, and I learned this quite recently, a few years ago, is that there's a... And a lot of people confuse the two. There's a difference between a parent and a provider. A provider yeah. is someone that clothes you, put a roof over yeah. your head, feed yeah. you... Anybody can yeah. be a provider, but not yeah. everybody can be a parent. Be a, a parent, parent I agree. is the intimacy, you hugging your child, you having those deep conversations, you creating a safe space for your child to be able a to come to you yes. about Keyword, anything. safe space. Yeah, keyword, you're right, safe space. And see, that's the thing. I Coming back to you saying we've got to be strong, like I grew up knowing I was loved, even though I didn't hear it. Mm-hmm. But don't forget, some people need to hear it in order for them to function in this thing we call world. Yes. And um, I made sure in order for me to understand my child and in order for her to become a better human being, I needed to tell her, six, seven times a day how much mummy loves her. Mm-hmm. Because like you've just said, she needs to know, I need to create a safe space for her. Mm-hmm. Do you understand where I'm coming from? So yeah, I'm trying to break that now. You know, I'm really trying to break that by her, not just knowing, or she should know I love her, no, but actually hearing, you know, hearing me tell her how much I love her. So yeah, you're right. And don't forget, you said... um this goes back to slavery, yeah, slavery days. You're not wrong because don't forget the biggest insult for a black woman, you know, or one of the biggest insult is someone saying, "Look at you, you slut," or "You hoe," or you know. So I think by you doing that with a guy in public, you kind of feel every black person is thinking, "Look at her." Yes. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Look at her; she's very loose. Look at her; she's a slut. Look at it's it's something you don't. Even if that person's a husband, you would, it's been made to feel like it's something you have to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Why you do, yeah, look at her, she's loose. It's that slut shaming thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you know, like when you see like a woman wearing a mini skirt, before even the men see her, other women are looking at her in some type of, of way, going, oh, wearing? look at her, yes, what is she go. wearing? There you go. For a white person, you know, don't forget I've got you know, friends from everywhere. Mm -hmm. For a white person, being sexually, you know, open or... It's it's almost... Yeah, free. It's it's fine. Oh, it's fine. It's it's okay. It's fine. Or for a black person, being sexually free and open and love to explore and experiment, because mm -hmm, she's a hoe. So it goes back to... My white friends, it's, it's very casual. They love what they love, and that's them, and that's fine. But for a black person to freely say, oh, I've done this, so I've had a threesome, or I met this guy yesterday, and I you know, I had sex with him. For a white person, it's a case of, oh, okay. But for a black person, it's a case of, oh, really? Now that's what you're doing. So it's... yeah. Yeah, and this is what this is where it comes down to black people going, I don't want to tell no one my business because we use we weaponize it and talk shit about each other. But we judge. We judge. We We're judge. very, we judge. very judgmental. And judgmental. I realized that very quickly. Even yeah, being in my judge. relationship with my partner very early on, and he used to yeah. say it to me, he goes, Fabian, you used to judge gays that yeah. used to sleep around a lot and stuff like that. And I remember I used to, and I've learned to shift that mentality <laughs> because at the yeah. end of the day the unfortunate reality is us judging and frowning upon it and being prim and proper in public doesn't stop us from doing it. It just makes us hide secretly. and do it secretly. And I said in a previous podcast, Felicia, secrets is the breeding ground for shame. So what you do, you just hide yeah. it. You yeah, just hide yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, that's the thing. We, that's why most black people are not sexually... What's the right word I'm looking for? Like, we actually don't understand our body, let alone understanding how to please someone else. Because mm. we've been told you shouldn't experiment. That's a whole move. Or mm-hmm. why would you do that? Or why would you want to do that? Yes. Or why would you even think about doing that? So we actually have no knowledge of our own bodies 
Did you know that? Yes, I did. did Most it? women would tell you they've never actually had an orgasm. Come. Yes. Yeah, yeah they've mm-hmm. never actually. That's because you're too scared to get to know yourself, let alone understand how to please someone else in the bedroom. So it goes way, way, way much deeper. And it's 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 sad. It's it, really sad. Yeah. Even in Jamaica, like as it's so funny. Jamaicans talk about dagger, 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 dagger in and fucking, fucking, fucking. But then yeah. they 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 um they look down on people that provide oral sex. It's like oral yeah. sex yeah. is like yeah. you know I don't eat pussy. Oh no I don't suck dick. And that's what but they what? but they do. Yes they do. Yes they yes, do. Yes, yes they do. And that's the sad thing. You do it, but then you're too ashamed to say you do it. But then when someone is bold enough to say, I enjoy this, it's a case of, oh, look at you. It's it's horrible. It's it's really sad. Yeah. It's really sad. And we don't even enjoy we don't even enjoy sex. We actually don't know how to make love. We don't understand there's so much we I would say this. There's so much black people don't actually understand about lovemaking. Yeah, there's so much we don't know. That's because we're not open enough to know or to try and learn. You know, you're too scared to let your partner know, I actually enjoy this. Or, you know, you're too scared to discuss those little things because you feel this person would see me this way or look at me this way or think of me. You know, it's really sad, yeah, yeah. Because I have these conversations with my girlfriends and um, the story is quite similar. I have a a friend of mine tell me recently, she's married to a pastor, Mm -hmm. and she goes, Felicia, the same things I enjoy. But every time I try to bring this into my into the bedroom, he goes to me, where did you learn that from? Like, I have to have learnt it from somewhere or I just can't want to try something with him. And he goes, Felicia, that's, I'm not enjoying sex with my husband, but he doesn't know this. I'm faking orgasm and I'm, you know, and I'm thinking, really? And yeah, and guess what? That's 99% black women. They're actually, you know, enjoying sex with their partners, but they're too scared to let them know this is how, this is why I enjoy. I'm open to trying this. And it's, it's, it's sad, but that's the reality of things. But I, I will also say, I think there's two types of sex, sex. There's the really deep intimacy sex where you do the kissing, the touching, the caressing, the, you want to feel the person, you want to, you want to go deep and connect to them. And then there's the other sex where it's just kind of straight to the point, put it in, come, and then you end it. And then that's the end of it. That's what we do. But some people actually also enjoy that. So I'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate because even, because for me personally, I'm not the intimate type of sex person I I never have been and interestingly enough in all my previous relationships when I've dated other Caribbean men our sex we we never really had to have a discussion about it because we we enjoyed the same type of sex it wasn't so is it straight to the point sex Strictly that's how it's always been for me and I've always enjoyed that and I haven't okay. and I didn't I never knew anything different now different. I had to kind of rethink it when I started dating Steve because Steve, Steve yeah. doesn't like that he likes the whole kissing caressing whatever so it was about us trying to compromise me in the middle having yeah. conversations because I never even realized I was being like that until we started dating and I was like wow but let me ask you something my love do you enjoy the caressing the kissing the touching before you then get down to it Sometimes. Sometimes, okay. Yeah. But I realise, obviously, you have to always compromise. Of course. Yeah, but there's times when, for me, I would rather just go straight, get straight to the point. (laughs) No, I do. And and, and what I've learned, there's nothing wrong with people's sexual behaviours because I I don't want people to listen to this and think, oh, their way of having sex is wrong. There's no right or wrong. No, no, there's no right or wrong. Yeah, but I think it's having these discussions because I think a lot of people, unfortunately, nine times out of ten, aren't generally sexually compatible with their partners. And it's not until they're, unfortunately, let's say, married or in a long-term relationship that they realise that. But it's about what do you do when you get to that roadblock? Do you have therapy? Or do you um, speak to your partner and you both compromise where, okay, we'll do it this way sometimes and then the other times we'll do it this way so then everybody wins. So I just just think it's having conversations because it's interesting. When I I, I had therapy earlier in the year and I can't Mm. remember how we even went on to sex. And my therapist said, 
to me. We just were randomly talk about it. My therapist goes, do you know how many couples are in relationships and some of them don't even have sex or they don't have sex that frequent? Um, yeah. Because it's just... It's it's just it's a it's either a grey area in their relationship or whatever it is, and I just think it's two people just need to come to an understanding and have an agreement. What it, understanding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they both just like, need I'm, to be happy. I'm with someone that would never initiate sex. Emmanuel would never. He wouldn't. Oh my god, it's so interesting you say that because I'm not an initiator as well, Felicia, and that's another issue we had in the beginning. I don't. It, me and Emmanuel are literally like twins. Like and I hate initiating sex. That frustrates <laughs> me because for me it's a case of oh, so you wanted it, so why do you just? Do you understand where I'm coming from? See, I don't like that. Why would you want something then at like? If you don't get it, it's fine. Do you understand? Most of the time we would have sex, it would be me. That initiates. I would be, yeah. Yeah. It would be me. And for me, it's getting slightly frustrating. Like, whatever you want, it's it's okay, you know? Mm. I would even enjoy it more knowing it's coming from you and not me, you know? But it's, it's slightly, you know, slightly frustrating. And I have very high sex drive. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. You see, uh, do you see, and maybe that's what it is because I don't have such a high sex drive. Do you understand? Steve has a higher sex drive than me, but also I don't think the reason why I don't initiate is to do with my sex drive. I think why I don't like initiating because I have issues with rejection just in general. Guess what? You and Emmanuel are the same people. <laughs> Remember, I said to him, "Why would you just not initiate sex?" He goes. What if I say I want it and you're on your period or you don't want to or you're too tired or you can't? And I'm like, and why, you know, it's for, not, yeah. for him, he said that's why he would never. And I thought, oh, wow, really? But yeah, apparently that's the reason why he wouldn't. So that's why I don't initiate, I, I don't like to initiate sex. So very early on, that's one of the issues we had because Steve used to be like, every time we have sex, you're, I'm the only one initiating. And it's not that I don't want to have sex with him. I just don't want to initiate in case for whatever reason, he's not in the mood or he says no, because whatever, whatever, like, because I have rejection issues regarding other things, that's a trigger for me as well. But yeah, then I yeah, also have to yeah. understand from his perspective how, as my partner, it feels like I'm not sexually attracted to him because he's like, "What? Well, why aren't you initiating sex? So yeah, it's... Yeah. And so I definitely get your frustration um, in terms of these are... Convers but this is why it's so important for partners in relationships to have these conversations. I remember I would... You know, I love to look pretty when I'm going to bed. Mm -hmm. Don't ask why. Jump in a shower, put my little perfume on. And, and I used to think, don't you find me attractive? And it's like, he's like, no, you're very sexy. I just... And I'm thinking, you just don't what? But then later on, he said, I just don't want rejection because, you know, but yeah. No, I would love it for him to initiate sex more. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just having those conversations and, and, and both just maybe meeting halfway. If halfway. if he can't initiate all the time, maybe some, because that's eventually, I eventually had to start learning. Steve is the only partner I've ever been with where I've ever ever had to initiate sex but interestingly enough I've always been this way but why it's never been an issue in my previous relationships because my other partners were okay with initiating all the time and I think because my partners always had higher sex drive than me I would initiate if I realized let's say two weeks was going by without sex because I'd be like well what's going on but I think because my other partners had a high sex drive and also they never had a problem initiating it never got to a point long enough for me to ever needing to initiate because they would initiate and they've never brought it to my attention that I don't initiate so I was just like okay so it wasn't until I started dating Steve when Steve's like wait like I've, have you noticed we've had sex let's say three four times this week and all four times I've initiated and I'm like oh shit okay <laughs> Like I never actually sat and thought about that. Yeah. So it's 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 I think issues in the bedroom is a massive common thing in relationships, but people are too scared to talk about it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, this is kitchen table talk. Yes. And with most women, we do this amongst ourselves, but we never speak to the man about it. We never do. We never do. You know, and it's quite sad because then they would never really understand what's going on sexually in their relationship. 
And um, yeah, it's we girls were very quick to talk about this on a now guess what? But then the man has no clue. So as far as he's concerned, you're satisfied because you're moaning or you're screaming or so you think that's it. I'm I'm doing something right. And it, and but I then, think that's not fair for the for the woman at all. But then also <laughs> you can't be upset with the man because he can't fix something he doesn't know is broken. And I right. really respect you, Felicia, because you've made it your point of duty. And I picked this up about you very quickly when I met you. You uh, you you say what you want. And one thing I've yeah. learned is stop assuming people can read our minds because I think subconsciously as humans we think why doesn't my partner know what I want they're not going to know what you want you need to tell you need to communicate your needs yeah yeah yeah. you need to speak up yeah I absolutely agree because initially at the beginning don't forget like you said I'm very outspoken I would say it whether he wants to hear it or not I would say it and I thought to myself instead of having this crazy outburst why don't I actually just sit him down and say to him, listen, you know, and I did that and it helped. It really did help. Mm. I said to him, listen, I have a very high sex drive. I have a thing, but very early morning sex. Don't ask me why, but very, very early sex for me. Those are the best. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and for him, he said, well, every single morning for me would be too much. I don't have that much of a sex drive, but... I think we could do three, four times a week. See, compromise. And I'm only getting this because I said something. Thank you. And, you you know, yeah, and why I do now, which I love and it works for us, is when I love foreplay. So when we're doing things, I always say to him, do you enjoy this? Do you like this? Do you, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's safe for him to go you know what this not so much actually but this that really turns me on so i'm actually helping him understand what he enjoys as a man and Mm. in the process i'm understanding how he wants to be you know and he's also it's i think yeah you have to speak up and communication key key yes any relationship you have to communicate yeah yeah it's so true and i mean that's 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 the that's the only way to find that happy medium for both partners it's just those continued conversations and i mean there's even some relationships where some people don't have sex and that's also okay but i just think people just need to communicate what they want yeah yeah don't forget there's no relationship that one of them doesn't want to have sex it's impossible but it's just either the other person has given up I want it, he doesn't, or he wants it, she doesn't, she's too tired, or he's too tired. So one person's given up, and eventually they're going to either break up because they are sexually not compatible, but they are now too scared to say, you know, I'm leaving you because you don't satisfy me sexually, you know? Yeah. And for us black people, that's not something we are going to be proud to tell friends and family. I'm leaving my husband because he can't fuck me good. Or, yes. you know, oh, you can't say that to your mom. She look at you like, child, you know. So, and you can't really say the reason why you are breaking up is because, you know, you just can't say it. Shame won't allow you to say it. So mm. guess what? you will suffer in silence. And don't forget, we have marriages that people are cheating and the reason behind it. I had a man, um, a friend of... uh, One of my guy friends said to me, you know what, Felicia, my wife can go months without us having sex. And every time I try candles, flowers, this, I'm too tired. Let's wait for the kids to go to bed first. You know, she's never spontaneous. She never wants to, you know try anything or do anything and he goes i've had enough and i said to her i said to him sorry have you told her this he said listen felicia imagine her telling her friend or her parents or her family is don't look at me like i'm a nutter like you guys have got three kids why are you still behaving like a teenage boy so can you see he can't even tell her you know um it's 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 not good but yeah this is why i think more conversations need to be have about 
um, open relationships as well. I mean, yeah. because me and Steve, we're in an open relationship. And even um, we, 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 had a, we do a podcast together where we both discuss that. And it was, it's just to kind of give you a quick um, overall update about how that happened. Steve was very open and honest. He's, he understood that he couldn't do monogamy. In all of his previous relationships, he cheated. And obviously he'd done therapy, worked on himself for other things. And, but he's also come to a realisation that he needs to be happy and he needs to be open and honest. So when we started dating and when we decided we're going to get to a point where we're going to make our relationship official, he was honest with me. He's like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I can't do monogamy. He goes, I always need to be in an open relationship. And he goes, it's not because I need to have a emotional connection with other people. I do want to be in a relationship with one person and have that one person where I build my life and build my future with. But I like having sex with new people. There's just something about the newness for him that he's always liked. I don't understand it, but I don't need to understand it. That's just something that he likes. So when he first proposed us being in an open relationship, it threw me off because I, I've always been in monogamy in monogamous relationships but why I considered it because I remember a few years prior to me and him dating I went on holiday and I met this guy there and we had an amazing time it was like a fling but I kind of started catching feelings towards the end and I basically said to him um do you want us to see explore it and see where it goes he goes I can't he goes I'm in an open relationship I'm like what I'm like the the amazing sex and great time we had I would never have thought he's got a partner at home but he's like yeah I've been in a relationship for 11 years we have an amazing relationship but me and my partner just understand that we're okay with hooking up with other people he was very open and clear to me what it was and he just basically said this is literally just sex and that just resonated with me so when Steve told me about the open relationship it made me think okay I'm I remember this guy and I'm like it's possible for a relationship to work so I thought, what have I got to lose? Let's try it. And I think it was the best thing we ever did because it, it, works. it works. Even for me, as much as I'm not a super sexually active person, I still enjoy going out there and sleeping with other people as well. And I'm just, but we literally have no emotional connection to those people. It's purely just sex. But then I can have the type of sex I want when I want it. And then he can have the type of sex he wants when he wants it you guys still come together and, and give us your... and exactly we still have our time together and stuff yeah. like that a friend of mine said to me felicia my marriage was breaking down and guess what my wife and i decided to do and i said what's that we went to a swingers party and i said what he said yeah he said we've never been more in love now i said really he said yeah he said to me, when we got there, you know, people were openly having sex. And he said, what was interesting was that they were like one of the only young couple there. He said, a lot of the people there were old couple. And they, they've been married for 20, 30 something years. And I said, so how does that work? He said, listen, Felicia, I watched my wife have sex with another man. She watched me have sex with another woman. And... You know, now we go home and things are much more interesting in bed for us. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. And I said, but would she not then have feelings for that guy or you? He said, no, 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 no. No one's allowed to swap numbers there. No one's allowed to secretly go and link up or hook up with anyone else there. It's just how people spice up their marriages so i said really initially i didn't understand it but then when he started going deeper and deeper into it i thought oh, wow well if it works for you guys then listen it's, yeah, yeah because we've got rules and regulations as well and boundaries in our open relationship that we know we'll never cross because we want to make sure there's no gray areas do you know what i mean so it's important to put those boundaries in place similar to like those people so we have boundaries but this is how i see it because one of my friend even said this to me and they said aren't you worried steve is going to hook up with someone else and think oh i'm in love with this person i said no because every other area in our relationship is great why do people stray from their relationship because they're not getting something at home we we get everything else we have a great 
open communication. We have um we're, we're, um financially we're okay. So when there's no financial strain between us in our relationship, I have my money, he has his money. There's we communicate. We 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 give ourselves the space to be individuals. Plus we spend time together. So usually if someone cheats or is looking for another relationship, it's because there's an area in their relationship that they're not happy with. I always say in order for someone to cheat is because you're trying to look for an escape. Thank you. You're, you're trying to look for an escape. There's something missing that you are trying to find. And if it's lack of sex, that's what made you go. If it's lack of communication, that's what... If it's emotional, you know, disconnect, you will go where you can find that emotional connection. So if something's missing, you will go and, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. so there's nothing else someone else could offer me outside of sex that I'm not already getting at home. Yeah. Exactly. And because we communicate, if I'm not getting something, I say I'm not getting this and this is what I want. And vice versa, if he's not happy with something. So we don't do that whole sit and suppress, not happy, not talking. No, if I'm not happy, I'm saying it. And if he's not happy, he's saying it. So we're always holding each other accountable and having those discussions, which is so important. I agree. I agree. Remember the last time we came over and we had this discussion. That's something I still, I am trying to teach Emmanuel every single day. For him, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And I don't function that way. For me, I don't have to wait for it to break. You know? And for him, it's a case of, why were you discussing it if it's not broken? You know? And we're still constantly, you know, clashing but you know yeah we're in this for good now so something that's the game I will say to you though it is a process but be patient with him and he will get there because the the issues you're having with him those are the issues Steve had with me because I've always kind of been like there's been in my past relationships my partners would piss me off and I would um if it's not something detrimental, if I know I'm going to get over it within a day or two, sometimes I won't even say it. But then what happens is because I don't talk about it, they do it again and again and again and again. And then they don't know that they're doing something wrong. Um, if it's an isolated incident, I probably would let it go. But I, it would, as you said, it builds up and then we end up having an argument when, when I explode or when he explodes or whatever. And one of the things I struggled with when I first started dating Steve if I did something he didn't like and I'd done it quite a few a few times, whatever, he would constantly bring it up. So the first three months of our relationship is him saying, babe, we need to talk. Babe, we need to talk. Every week, I think at least there's a conversation about something. And I'm not even going to lie, that would piss me off to the point where I'm like, do you know what? I might have to leave this relationship because I'm like, I just can't be bothered with all these conversations. But then I understood that the conversations that he was having with me, they weren't negative. He was just voicing his feelings and what he needed and a part of me was just kind of like well I was upset about in my head while he's talking to me I'm like but you pissed me off last week and I didn't fucking say it so why are you saying it to me but then I understood very quickly that it's healthy to have these discussions because there's no resentment even yesterday day what no day before yesterday he brought something up and goes babe you're slacking on so and so and I just need to say it because I'm starting to get resentful and I'm like okay because I remembered it's some I was slacking in that area, but I was just like, okay, yes, I got distracted. Let me make sure that I play my part in so and so. But you're right; it's important to communicate that, and he will get there with it. I mean, we're four years in, so we're at a place now where we don't really have those conversations regularly because I mentally check myself; he mentally you checks himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we're still having those conversations, mm-hmm. and um, usually. Well, before he would say, oh, you know, we've discussed this, you know, I'm trying, or... But now he actually listens, like, okay, that's how you feel, I'll take you on board, mm-hmm. which I love now. But before it's a case of, oh, I don't want to hear it, it's too much, it's... But now he he's trying, and that's that's all I can ask for, really. Yeah. Um, he didn't try, actually, so, yeah. Mm. I think the most. I think why a lot of the times we don't want to have these discussions because we're, we don't want to sit in our uncomfortableness, but we have to learn to. And that's something that I struggled with, but I've learned. I have to 
sit in my uncomfortableness. Even if I don't understand why he's upset by this, I need to listen. Just like how if I'm upset by something, I expect him you to listen. To listen, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I love, I love being open. I love being honest. I love for us to sit down and be real. You know, sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, and sometimes I don't even want to hear it. But then I'm not going to ask him for something I'm not willing to give. Mm-hmm. So if he needs to discuss something that I may have done, I better sit there and take it like a G mm-hmm. and listen. You know, not listen to reply, but listen to understand. Yes. You know? And that's what we used to do. I would listen to reply, just like what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you done this as well. I never said anything, but now I'm actually listening to understand. You know, so... We're trying. It's what, two years, two and a half years now? We're trying. We're trying. Yeah. And everything happens for a reason, you know, because when you guys first started dating, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, um, (laughs) when you first started dating, because I was, I was, I'm like Emmanuel, but I was, I've, I'd already passed all that beginning hurdle and I was already ahead. So I could also, I could emphasize 100% with how he felt but I also could understand your side because you're very similar to Steve so yeah. when he was getting frustrated very early on in your relationship and he's like I don't know if this is gonna work and he was like and I, I would say like do you know what Emmanuel no stick it out because what she's re- <laughs> no seriously I was like what she's requesting isn't an unfair request however you're feeling this way because of X, Y, Z. Because as I said, I knew exactly how we felt. The first three months of the relationship with Steve was hard for me. It was hard. It was hard for me too. Because he doesn't want to discuss anything. He doesn't want to talk about anything. He just wants to act like it didn't happen. And I'm the, and I was the same. Is this? We're discussing it. Whether you want to hear it or not, we are talking about this. And he's the kind of thing I was too full on. Mm-hmm. He's the I was too outspoken. And don't forget, he's not used to women saying what they want and how they feel. So for him, that was a major shock. Because don't forget, I'm Nigerian, he's Ghanaian. And Ghanaian women are not usually good with saying how they feel because what we Nigerian now it's it's all right now we we say it and for him it was a lot to deal with it was a lot it was a lot to deal with and I didn't understand how he can be angry but then sit there in at like he's not I didn't understand that because for me I need you to understand how I'm feeling you know I I need you to understand because that's how we can get better. That's how we can get to a point of understanding each other on a deeper level. Because if you don't know, I don't like this, or then how would you know not to do it next time? Yes. And, you know, yeah, I even I learned a lot about myself, and I'm still learning so much. I've realized I'm actually very sensitive to an extreme, extremely sensitive. And um, But guess what? I'm not emotional. That's contradicting, right? Yeah, um, I'm not emotional, but yet the tiniest of things he wouldn't even see as a big deal would actually hurt me, you know? So let me give you an example. I came I came home few, two days ago from work and I realised he was in the dark. Well, it wasn't completely dark, but it was quiet. So I switched on the light. He got up and switched off and I thought, why would you say in the dark? I thought you would want the light on. That's why I said, it was like, no, 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 it's fine. So for me, it was a case of maybe this is because this is not my house. I'm going to my house. <laughs> you see? <laughs> so he, and when I told him about it the next day, it was like, oh, no, I didn't see it that way. I didn't think of it that way. And, you know, so you see, I'm very sensitive. But then if I never told him how I was feeling, he wouldn't have known. That what he thought was something so little, you know, I thought way deeper into it. So, yeah. And I think it's getting that balance of understanding that you need to obviously want to communicate how you feel, but the goal is not to change your partner. Because as much as I'm 
I'm a lot more vocal about something that offends me and I do listen to allow space for Steve to vocalise. He understands he can't change me who I am to my core. And I'm trying not to change him. I can't tell him he's too sensitive. If something offends him, it offends him. Because just like, similar to like Emmanuel, I thought Steve was very sensitive because there's <laughs> shit that offends him that I'm like, why is this even bothering you? Like, uh, really? Because like, I'm just, I've just, I'm just a person. There's a lot of stuff that don't really bother me. I just, he, yeah. He's like that. He's very but similar he, to me. I don't care. And I'm like, but I do. <laughs> yeah. That's so much to me. You wasn't listening. I need you to just listen. You know, and he's like, okay, I didn't know it meant so much to you. And can you see, for him, it's a case of, oh, wow, I didn't know you. it meant so much to you. And yeah, for me, it's it's a case of it does, you know. So yeah, you're very much like Emmanuel and I'm very much like Steve, yes. Me yes. and Emmanuel are twins. This is why we got yeah. on so well. Like we, I'm we... very much like Steve. <laughs> very, very much like Steve. <laughs> you are. And that's why you and Steve literally connected so quickly oh, yes. when you met. We clicked instantly because um, I, I understand him. I really do because... I understand the need to discuss everything. Because for me, I always say, you need to be my best friend. I need to know the ins and outs of how your mind works. You know, I do. And that's one of my requirements in a relationship. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know how your mind works. I, I want us to understand each other on a deeper, deeper, deeper level. You know, and... Yeah, so that's why I get Steve. Yeah, and I, and I think you're right. I mean, it frustrated me in the beginning because sometimes Steve would be like, so-and-so-and-so, and I'd be like, I don't like that, and I'd, or I don't want to do that. But then he'll be like, why? And I'm like, why are you asking me why? Why do I need to explain it to you? But as you said, it's so important because now we're at a place, we know each other so well that... And I'm glad I've had those discussions and I come out my shell and I'm able to ask questions because now I understand how Steve works. Sometimes my friends would be like, oh, we're doing this, da, 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 da. why don't you invite Steve? I'm like, I know Steve's not going to come. Oh, why? Because I just know Steve. I know that's something he doesn't like doing and da, 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 da. I know him well. And just like how he knows me well. He doesn't want to do, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about the light because sometimes Steve, Steve, because we have separate bedrooms because obviously it's a massive house and also he, we had issues about my snoring in the beginning. So we love the fact that we have our own rooms. He comes in my rooms, chill, whatever, whatever. I goes in his bedroom, we cuddle, we chill, whatever. But in the night when we're going to sleep, I'm like, bye, bye. And then we go into our separate rooms. But what, uh, sometimes in the mornings, he'll come in my room. Steve is a bit like you. He loves light. So the natural light in the morning, the sun coming into his room. And I'm very much like Emmanuel. I will have my blinds closed the whole damn day. <laughs> so he'll come into my room and be like, why isn't there no light in your room? I'm like, I like it this way. It is fine. Why <laughs> oh, see the tiniest things. He would, he would be in a dark. And for me, I'll be like, why? Why would you just... But yeah, it's the tiniest of things. But yeah, we've got a long way to go. Literally a month to the wedding now. So yeah, so much to learn. Yeah. You know, learning and understanding each other. But yeah. As yeah. long as there's love at the core of the okay. relationship, you will both be able to navigate. And as long as the person ticks most of the boxes, which I know Emmanuel does, he's such a great guy. He's caring, he's compassionate, he's loving. And you're an amazing person as well. So. When I met you, and I remember when you guys left my house the first time I met you, I said to Steve, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad um, for her, her for him. I think she's like the perfect person for him. And he said the same thing when he met Steve as well. So yeah, man, we're both very happy. And um, me and Steve are super excited for your wedding. I can't wait. I'm going to order my outfit. Me and Steve's already talking about our outfits already. <laughs> I can't wait to have you guys there. Honestly, we're going to dance all night and drink all night. A hundred percent. Definitely. Definitely. I'm extremely proud of you. Thank you so much, Felicia. I wanted to ask you, um, what advice would you give someone, let's say that's in a relationship very early on, and they're also struggling with um, being open, being honest with their partners or and having loads of discussions. What advice would you give someone about that going into a relationship? You've actually answered a question. You've actually answered... My own question? Yeah. 
Yeah, you have. You have to be honest, you have to be open, and you have to communicate. And that's just it. So don't suppress how you're feeling. Speak up. You know, do it in a very respectful way, but you've got to be honest with yourself. You know, you've got to stay true to yourself. You've got to understand this is what I can take and what I cannot take. So you have to be honest with the other person. You've got to be open and you've got to communicate. So you, all those three words were in the question you just asked me. So, yeah, yeah, you've got to be honest. Don't suppress how you're feeling. Oh, I don't want to hurt her feeling. Oh, I don't want to hurt his feeling. You've got to be honest because... The more you don't want to do this, so I don't want to do that, or I don't want to be seen like I'm too needy or I'm too sensitive or I'm too emotional, you're killing yourself in the process. And you would never let that person know what you need from them. They just wouldn't know because you're not speaking up and you're not being true to yourself. So you've got to be honest. You've got to say it. Say how you feel. Be respectful about it and communicate, yeah? Yeah, and that's that's, yeah. that's really, really good. Yeah, and it's very simple. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would like to lastly add as well that another thing as well, by not telling your partner, you're doing your partner a disservice because you're not allowing them to fix whatever it is that they're doing because they might, they, we we don't want to offend our partners and by not telling your partner how you really feel, you're not allowing your partner to correct correct their mistake. Because don't forget, you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different outcome. So even if you leave that person for not doing what you require from a relationship, if you go into the next relationship and you don't speak up, you will find yourself in the same circle. So you've got to speak up. Albert Einstein actually says um, the definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. a different result. I actually do know that saying. So yeah, you can't keep, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to upset this person. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You are actually hurting yourself in the process because you're not being honest with yourself. So guess what? You suppress everything. And when you do burst, you will have a crazy outburst. Or when you do decide to leave the relationship, you would enter a new relationship with the same thing but yeah, expect to get a different outcome. But yeah, you're doing the same thing by not speaking up. So you've got to speak up. Say how you truly feel. Be honest with yourself. Communicate. Communicate. Yeah. I met a couple a few years ago, and I'm lucky enough to remain good friends with them. You know, George and Tina. He's 96 and she's 92. And I said, how did you guys remain, you know, they've been married for nearly 70 years and I said what's the secret to your marriage what's the secret guess what they both said communicate and that's it that was it was just that simple they said communicate yeah I thought they were gonna say something really you know you have to this and you have to that and Tina goes to me Felicia just communicate and George said yeah just speak to him she always tells me every night I've done something wrong before we go to bed, we speak about it and we never go to bed angry. We communicate. And I thought, oh, I love this. Because I was expecting something more, you know. Something fancy or poetic. Oh, yeah. I was looking for something poetic, but no. He said, you know, we communicate. She makes sure she never goes to bed angry with me. She lets me know what I've done. And we give each other a kiss and we try and understand where we went wrong and we move on but we communicate. What a lot of people don't understand, relationship isn't supposed to be hard. Nine times out of ten, it should feel easy. You should be able to be yourself. You should be able to fully be yourself. You shouldn't have any resentment. If your relationship is difficult, you're in the wrong relationship. I'm not saying relationship doesn't go through difficult periods, because it does. You might have a big argument about stuff. I mean, we've had our disagreements, and there's a few days where things are a bit awkward, and then you hash it out eventually. Don't change along the line also. We evolve. Yes, you grow. You grow what you wanted two years ago, you might not want it anymore this year. So don't forget, your requirements a few years ago, guess what? You really don't care about those things no more. And what you never thought you wanted, 
all it takes is someone at work to let you know, this is what my husband's doing or this is what my wife's doing. You think, oh, I've never had that. Steve, I think, like, you know, can you... Yes. Yeah, yeah, so that's why it goes back to your, your point, communicate, because then if you communicate yeah, your yeah. needs as you evolve yeah. and as your needs change, your partner is able yeah. to accommodate your needs and you're yeah. able to accommodate your partner's yeah. needs. And You communicate, yeah. yeah. I, you know, like I said, George and Tina, just because I needed them to give me or pass on a really good word of wisdom. And no, there was nothing fancy. It was just communicate. Wow. Let me know how you feel and make it safe for him to tell you how he feels and that was just it and I thought <laughs> yeah definitely because I think that's why I ended up staying after that rough rocky three months because as frustrated as I was Steve always created a safe space for me to feel comfortable and the way he would have the conversation even though I'm annoyed he's bringing this to my attention he never disrespected me yeah, so yeah. there's no reason yeah. for me to run. There's no reason. Yeah. Even if I tried to give myself a reason in my head, like, <laughs> oh, I can't be bothered to have this conversation. I need to get out of here. I'm like, but where am I going to go? Why am I leaving? He hasn't disrespected me. He hasn't told me something that's a lie. He hasn't said anything that isn't true. So I have to just sit in it. For you to, yeah, he made it safe for you. He made a safe envir environment for you to, yeah. He made it safely and that's really important yeah yeah D definitely i want to say thank you so much for joining me felicia it's my pleasure do you know i'm slightly tipsy i know you do <laughs> but it's great it's good to chill and have a drink but this is why i called my podcast everyday dialogue because yeah. i want to have these normal yeah. deep yeah. conversations yeah. with my girlfriends yeah. with my boyfriends with all my yeah. friends so it's yeah. Yeah. it's really good and i would definitely have you on back because i'm going to be doing some panel discussions as well where i have I two to three people and we just talk about some really interesting stuff and just yeah, yeah. let the world let's know yeah. let's get deep and let the world know that we're all struggling we're all going through something we all are so you go future Oprah <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much I'm and super proud. I love you so much I cannot wait to see you soon thank you darling I can't wait to see you soon I love you and I wish your relationship you so all much. the best Thank you so much, baby. Thank and you. And to my Steve. I'll send him your love. Thank you for listening, guys. Take care. At the end of this video, guys, I would really appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate the podcast, and also leave a review. These are things that would definitely help more people to know about us.